Welcome to Chat NDT with ASNT, a podcast from the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. I'm Debbie Siegler, the host of the podcast. Troy Demmer is the co-founder and chief operating officer for Gecko Robotics, Inc., a robotic NDT inspection services company based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that focuses on designing and utilizing robots to predict critical infrastructure failure. Troy attended Carnegie Mellon University's Tepper School of Business after graduating from Grove City College, majoring in finance and economics. Since Gecko Robotics start in 2013, Troy has helped the organization grow to more than 130 employees who provide services for some of the world's largest power, energy, and manufacturing companies, such as Exxon, Chevron, BP, Shell, Duke Energy, and the United States Department of Defense. Gecko has since raised $50 million in funding from top venture capitalists such as Founders Fund, Y Combinator, and Drive Capital. Troy was named an up-and-coming figure in the energy industry for Forbes 30 Under 30 Class of 2019. And in 2017, he was named in the Pittsburgh Business Times inaugural 30 Under 30 class. In this episode, Troy is interviewed by Brian Fry, NDT Technical Specialist and Quality Manager at AS&T. All right, so Troy, I understand you are the co-founder of Gecko. I'm, I'm really interested in your backstory. How did we get from Troy Demmer, Everyday Dreamer, to Troy Demmer, co-founder of Gecko Robotics? Absolutely, Brian, and um, it's great to meet you. I think it's um, it's an interesting uh, journey that brought me to Gecko, and I'll I'll try to go through the backstory fairly quickly. But you know, it really started at Grove City College, where I did my undergrad. Um, my co-founder Jake Lucerarian was an electrical engineer and had been building uh, as part of a senior project, a wall climbing robot for a local power plant. And that individual had come to the school and had, you know, this really unique problem to solve where basically their environment was, you know, just hazardous and difficult to get an accurate uh, assessment of what was going on inside of a big boiler. You know, you can imagine uh, the footprint of a house, but you know, 20 stories high. And, so with that challenge, uh, Jake began to develop the first iteration of the technology. I myself was um, not an engineer, but uh, quickly became one because over the next, you know, two years, it was me and, you know, 20 engineers, and I was the only, you know, truly non-technical person. And that the founding story was pretty neat because, you know, Jake had been working on this um, for about a year and a half, moonlighting it uh, with his with his other job. And I was enrolled at Carnegie Mellon. I had uh, started a couple companies and had seen sort of the beginning. I had gotten that bug for entrepreneurship. But when I saw this problem and, you know, I had known Jake for, for quite some time now, I got really just interested in the energy space and, and the problems that were there to solve and, you know, really being an underserved market. And so I kind of jumped right in head first 
and we moved the company out to California, secured some funding um, off of an initial prototype that uh, the power plant manager actually ended up being able to use and, and, and put to work in his, in his unit. So it's a very, um, very unique founding story, I think. And one in which that just happened very organically, a lot of bootstrapping, a lot of grit um, that, that went into those early days where we really went, you know, and, and tried to prove the concept out going to customers and, and solving real problems. And then the, the, the funding came later. Uh, in the past, Troy, I've taken a lot of single point or line scan type ultrasonic data readings. How do the Gecko robots affect your traditional data rate? Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I, Brian, and I, I know, um, you know, you know how tedious of a process that is, right? And there are a lot of um, manual kind of meters out there or gauges out there, tools that enable, um, you know, inspectors, level twos, level threes to be able to gather really interesting insights using ultrasound and other, other uh, ND methods. And I think what we, th how we think about the problem at Gecko is how do you create like an exoskeleton around that? How do you how do you enable that same inspector to inspect with a lot greater velocity, a lot greater speed and quality, you know, really create an assurance around what they are doing, give them the feedback response that says this is this is a good reading, you know, continue to go dive deeper in, into this direction. And so to draw just a quick parallel, you know, you 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 or I might be able to take a couple readings per minute with one of those manual, you know, UT meters that have existed for, you know, decades, right? And what Gecko has done is taken that same core technology and has um, integrated it in, in an automated way that, you know, empowers the inspector to just do more. And so our, our, our equipment, we, we will run 32 sensors at one time, taking, you know, 900 plus readings per second. So if you think about the production rate, that ability to get through an asset that much more quickly and, and, and cover that much more ground while also improving the quality of your data, it's, um, it's a very empowering thing. And it, it really makes that inspection process fun because you've got, you know, uh, you know that kind of uh, you know, superpower exoskeleton behind you enabling you to do, do that inspection much more thoroughly and quickly. Troy, if I were an equipment owner, what short and long-term costs could I expect based on all this data you're collecting? So I think, you know, the, the interesting part about um, running an industrial facility, you know, whether it be a power plant or a refinery or, a, you know, manufacturing site, there are the short-term costs and then there are the longer-term costs over the life of that plant. And I think you know, Gecko really is, is helping um, with the visibility into the longer term costs. Um, instead of maybe relying on, you know, um, it's kind of snapshot in time, you know, a data set, or even worse, just relying on something, you know, that, that's going to have a failure or, or break in real time. And then you're kind of just reactively problem solving. We are building a platform, both with our, you know, hardware, our robots that we develop, but also software and analytics to enable these facilities to project much longer into the future, to understand um, how much useful life is left, and you know how 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 aggressively they can run their equipment, or you know how how what the impact that is to the environment, or to their cost of of just running the facility, or their maintenance costs, or their replacement costs. So Gecko provides this um, this unique data set that's not been possible because of what we talked about in the last question of 
you know, enabling a human inspector to, you know, gather data at a 10,000 times, you know, previous production rate, that enables us to have the same kind of economics around the inspection costs that facilities are used to paying for today, but with that much greater visibility and predictability into the future. So the long-term savings are massive um, because you can really have a predictive um, ability to, to manage to that equipment, you know, both in that kind of window, the outage window or that period of time, but, but also far, far, far more into the future. So everybody's looking for more data at less cost, right? Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, it all has to be done yesterday, right? Um, because you know, when you're in the environment, it's, uh, you know, during a turnaround or an outage, there's a lot of activities happening and, you know, inspection data really drives so many other aspects of, you know, maintenance and planning. Um, so that, that really being the core piece of, of the puzzle there, the sooner you can get that information um, and distribute that out to, to everyone else that's going to act upon that, you know, making that data actionable is really, really what we're about. So you mentioned some of the software tools. Can you explain the shift from NDT intelligence at the point of the probe to the software? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, you know, when, when you're kind of taking that reading at the point of the probe, um, you might not gather as much information from that reading as you would like. Um, you know, you're sort of relying on human interpretation at that point. You're seeing something, you might be marking it on that fixed asset, you know, writing something down, you know, logging a, a, a certain measurement or thickness around that, that reading or detecting if there might be a crack or something there. Um, but that's sort of where the information stops, right? It's sort of this point in time, sort of isolated without further context. And so what Gecko does is Gecko has developed all, all of her own software that takes in all that data, right? The most, you know, kind of raw data form of that data, you know, the individual A scans, the B scans, the C scans, and compiles all that information in an interactive way. Not just taking that, you know, kind of ultrasonic point point of probe data, but also things like visual, um, so taking images, um, integrating other types of NDT as well, maybe magnetic induction, for example. And so it brings all these data sets together into one place that allow for that kind of big picture to emerge in terms of the you know overall condition of the asset, but then also to be able to kind of drive down into the details and really determine what is my damage mechanism? What is the context around you know, some of the operating conditions that are happening at, at this point in the boiler? And so what really emerges is, a, is an analytical tool um, that, that's not just a statement of record that, yes, we, we confirmed this inspection, we were able to detect this point in time, but it also becomes a, 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 um, a, a program that allows for actionability and allows for an action to be taken and monitored over time. And uh, it's what we call Gecko Vision. And it's oftentimes represented in 3D um, geometries um, so that you get that context of like the shape and the configuration of the asset. Um, we've even gone as far as, you know, using VR goggles where you can look and have a, you know, replica CAD model with the data overlaid. So it's very easy to determine, you know, where you are on the asset, where that context is around where the problem areas are and then be able to drive 
layers and layers into the data that um, you know someone across the world can go take a look at. Um, it, it really puts it puts the data into the cloud and allows for much greater collaboration on that on that information. Awesome. So that your your Gecko Vision software sounds like it kind of sets you apart from all the all your competitors. It really does, and it's you know it's one of those things that um, we're, we're largely um, transitioning from on-prem software, or you know, in a lot of instances, a, a paper report, a PDF report, and by digitizing that information and putting it all in one place, you know, that enables for those those deeper analytics to be performed, and for the things like trending over time and and, and the benchmarking that says, you know, this asset is you know similar to this asset and this is the types of repairs that have been done and so it really becomes a um uh, a landing spot for additional pieces of the puzzle to be brought into it and it's a really exciting tool it's very it's very unique um and i think it's it's making a lot of uh, headway within the industries around things like workflows and compliance and generating kind of that next action but at the end of the day, the fundamentals of the company is still acquiring the best quality data in a, you know, in a safe and efficient manner, a cost-effective manner. And so without that, the software really becomes, you know, not, not so usable, right? You know, if you don't have really good data coming in and really good information coming in, those analytical tools don't mean a whole lot. So it's really kind of a package combo um, solution from that standpoint. So you touched on safety there. What kind of impact do your robots have on plant safety and the careers of NDT professionals? Yeah, absolutely. So with, with our technology, we've developed it in a way that allows us to um, go on site with sometimes a smaller footprint that otherwise would have been needed, you know, just to get it through the volume of, of inspection data needed. And the, the main areas that we kind of look at and evaluate too is, you know, how do we reduce the worker footprint? Because, you know, putting 20 or 30 people in a boiler is not always the safest thing to do. Like humans will drop things on each other. They will make mistakes. Um, so if you can reduce the footprint, that is, you know, that's helpful, just putting less people in harm's way. But the other two areas are really around reducing the confined space entries that need to be made. And so, um, for something, for example, for uh, tank inspections, you know, API 653 inspections, our robots can actually perform that inspection without a human ever entering into the tank. So that enables the human to operate, you know, in clean air, fresh air, and, you know, be, be able to remotely operate that, um, that inspection device. Um, another example is um, reducing the need to, to work at heights um, because our robots are wall climbing we can station ourselves at the ground level and run our technology, our, our wall climbing robots up 300 feet, you know, uh, into the air. And so that enables, again, people to, you know, eliminate the need for working at heights on ropes, on, on scaffolding. You're really keeping people uh, as much out of harm's way while still giving them that, you know, that intimacy with the asset, so to say, with having the you know high fidelity cameras and the high fidelity response of the data being acquired, so you get kind of the best of both worlds of still being able to be close and 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 almost in person with that with the asset, but then also doing it from the safest place possible. 
All right, so what does the future look like for the robotics industry and Gecko? Where do you still see opportunity? I think we're at the early stages of um, robots enabling people. Um, you know, specifically, hardware is difficult. Um, you know, it's expensive to iterate. It's expensive to build, um, you know, but there's a lot of technologies over the last, you know, couple of decades and, and even, you know, it's like exponential in terms of the developer tools that exist in terms of the simulations uh, software that, you know, have come out in terms of the ability to rapid prototype and, you know, do, do various forms of material, um, um, uh, like material building, right, with things like 3D printers. And a lot of, um, I think a lot of the ways that, that robots are, are going and hardware is going is this sort of intersection of both um, software robots and hardware robots and understanding that, you know, to develop a robot, it has to be pretty specific to a use case. You know, there's not really many great examples of generalized robots out there. You know, you have to develop something with a specific use case in mind and really tailor it to that. That being said, you know, Gecko develops its technologies with modularity in mind. So we create core components, you know, like the, the drivetrain or the center body or the sensor payloads or the umbilical cords that send, you know, power and ethernet and comms and water to the, to the technology. Um, we develop these things so that they can be very swappable so that, you know, maybe if we're climbing on an exterior, you know, uh, piping circuit that's 12 inches of diameter, you need a different center body and wheel configuration to climb that versus a, you know, a flat walled surface or um, something that even, you know, maybe goes internal um, to, to an asset. And so I think, you know, when we think about hardware development and we think about the possibilities there, I, I think there are um, going to be more and more technologies that come out because of the, you know, new developer tools that are out there and this concept of creating things in modularity. Um, there's a lot of directions that um, industrial services and maintenance and um, sort of the analytics and the protecting the most critical infrastructure could go. Gecko can get into things like, you know, cleaning or repair or, or, or create a platform that enables others to do that. You know, I think Gecko really views themselves as an integrator and we've developed a lot of our technology, but there's going to be a lot of companies that think about better ways to do cleaning or repair. And these systems have to talk to, get to each other and they have to be able to like pass off the information that they've gathered to the next kind of activity. And I think that's the unique opportunity in this industry and, and more broadly in the world is to create, you know, connected kind of devices that, that work together and, and, and operate together. But I think the important thing to, to be, to, to, to be aware of, and really the stance that Gecko has taken is that it's not hundred percent about automation. It's about enabling, you know, humans with exoskeletons to do this in a much more strengthened, faster, safer way. And I think you even see this in, you know, like the autonomous vehicles um, segment. It's a very difficult problem. There's a lot of money being spent on that. And there's a lot of, you know, devices and, and equipment that are coming out like LIDARs and different sensors and, and simulation softwares that's enabling that speed to happen. But at the end of the day, it's very difficult to do 100% autonomy. 
but what 80% or 90% or 95% autonomy can get you can get you a long way in terms of speed and quality and safety. And I, I think that's really where we see the, the sweet spot of, of the, the industry. All right. I've heard you talk about the flexibility of, the, of your robots and the, and the different uh, applications. Can you tell me about a few of the applications that clients may, may use your robots for? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we we have customers, um, we have about 150 customers and they, they span four, four verticals, four end verticals, and they're in the oil and gas space, specifically refineries and, and midstream um, pulp and paper manufacturing, power generation, um, the, the transportation and, and, and DOD space. And, you know, the, the types of equipment that Gecko inspects and, and puts under its maintenance program is very wide ranging. And we, we inspect, you know, really all fixed infrastructure out there. And so we've, we've created about six different um, robot platforms that all, again, sort of have their tailored strengths in terms of geometries and, you know, what type of conditions, what the environment looks like in terms of how they're configured. But that enables us to inspect, you know, piping and boilers and tanks and vessels and ships and, um, you know, things within the aerospace industry. And, you know, Gecko really views that as some of the most critical infrastructure. It's the things that we rely on every day, whether it be power or energy or toilet paper. Um, all these industries have um, billions of dollars, you know, trillions of dollars worth of assets that um, have to be maintained and have to be inspected. And, you know, if, if they aren't, bad things happen, right? Explosions will happen, people will get hurt or downtime will occur. Um, I was here in the state of Texas during the, you know, some called it snowmageddon or snowpocalypse and it wasn't pretty, right? You know, we had critical power generation um, down. They weren't able to produce power because they were in a, you know, an outage, forced outage or a planned outage. And that caused extreme strain on the power grid, you know, despite all the, the spike in demand, you know, there was, there was ways that uh, there's plants we knew that were offline. And so Gecko's really in, in the business of making sure that those facilities can be predictable about their maintenance and predictable about their failures. And uh, it's, it's really a wide range of applications um, that Gecko has developed um, uses for. Yeah, it sounds like you can uh, tailor different configurations to meet the customer demands and even different types of NDT on the robots. Exactly right. Yeah, so Gecko is, um, we, we, we've, we perform a lot of inspection with ultrasound and how you use ultrasound is, as you know, can be used in many ways. And, you know, with multi-channels such as phased array, you know, beam steering that phased array to detect more nuanced damage mechanisms like cracks or blistering. Um, we also use um, uh, things like magnetic induction and laser profiling. Um, as well as a visual inspection, and, and, and Gecko really feels that ultrasound has, a, you know, it's not it's not the only solution out there, but there's a lot that can be done with ultrasound and how you stack sensors next to each other and, and use multi-channel for things like phased array, and so we really are investing a lot in that in that specific sector, but we have other applications as well that are very complementary to that. All right. So, Troy, if I purchase one of your units today, 
What kind of training could I expect to have? What kind of support would I get from Gecko? Yeah, it's a great question. And so it's, you know, it's important to understand that today Gecko's business model is largely a, a service, um, a turnkey service that includes, you know, the inspection um, side of things, as well as uh, the analytics and, and the software platform, if the uh, facility so chooses. And so today, all of our staff is trained. Um, you know, we provide all that in-house training. We develop people um, from the industry to, you know, run the equipment and ensure that, um, you know, they're at the top of their level from an inspection standpoint. Um, you know, we use ASNT level two and level three inspectors. And we are looking at opportunities to um, increase our distribution by partnering with other um, providers, you know, enabling their um, their companies and their personnel with the same technologies that that Gecko has developed and used in house. But that business model really helped us harden our technology because we were the customer in mind. So it was pretty painful if something wasn't working. We fixed it, right? And we continually to iterate it, iterate it to make it better and better. And so we're at the point where we've uh, we have we have quite a number of discussions happening. Um, with other inspection providers, other, um, you know, energy um, services providers to enable them with our technology. And with that comes, you know, standard SOPs and, and user manuals and, and all that documentation to enable that to happen. Last question, Troy, where can I find more information or see your robots in action? Absolutely. So we have a, we have a really nice website um that is a good good central spot for it uh all the information and kind of the latest and greatest on our technologies we do a lot of uh webinars um when when covid happened we really took a lot of our content that we were able to bring to trade shows and conferences uh online and so we we host a, a variety of interactive webinars um as well as have videos and and other case studies and you know technical summaries of, of what Gecko provides on, on our website. And that's just www.geckorobotics.com. And uh, we're always, we're always looking to demonstrate uh, for our customers and, and other partners what we can do. And so feel free to get in touch with us on online and we'd be happy to set you up with one of our technical experts. Awesome. Where did the name Gecko come from? Gecko, uh, his name came from Costa Rica um, on, a, on a trip, on a vacation. Um, there were many uh, geckos crawling around and uh, the kind of biomimicry of the, the, the gecko crawling um, was the inspiration for, for the company um, Gecko Robotics. So we like the logo. It's, it's a pretty friendly animal, um, but it packs a punch when it comes to uh, industrial services. Excellent. I think, you know, the last kind of closing thought that I have is I, I think, you know, when we think about the industrial industries, um, you know, specifically like power generation, refineries, um, you know, anything that's sort of in that heavy industry, maybe producing a, an energy form that's, you know, not considered maybe as clean or as green as some others. Um, Gecko really is taking an approach that, um, is, is understanding those problems at its core 
and helping be a partner for those organizations and helping them with that transformation. I think it's easy to sort of cast judgment or, you know, say, just be better, you know, reducing emissions or be safer or, you know, whatever it may be. But I think the reality is, is Gecko really is thinking very long term about this and, and being a partner for these industries and kind of solving the problems that exist today. They're the real problems that are, are challenging, you know, reducing emissions is difficult, reducing, um, you know, making things safer at these facilities. You know, these are, these are definitely persistent problems and challenges, but Gecko has taken the kind of approach of getting at the ground level and working with these um, customers and these really, you know, they're, they're, we're really grateful to have customers that open their problems to us and allow us to see inside and, and be a partner with them to solve them. And so we very much view that the future of, um, you know, our, our, our country and our universe is bright if we attract more and more people to solving the problems that exist today. And so we really just don't want to be the only company doing that. And that's why I said before, you know, we view ourselves as an integrator. We want to attract other tech and other um, innovativeness to these industries and, and help bring those companies into these into industries and spend their R&D dollars and, and really focus on these longer term goals and impacts that we, we all care about for, for things like environmental sustainability and, you know, just um, reliability of, of our most critical infrastructure. And so we're really privileged and excited to be working on, on some of these really unique and challenging problems. And we just want to encourage others to also see the opportunities here and, and kind of continue to help make these transformations, um, you know, as quickly as possible. And we're, we're very excited about being able to do our part in that. Thank you for listening to Chat NDT with ASNT. For more information about our organization, please visit our website at asnt.org. You can also connect with us on social media at ASNT Info on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Chat NDT with ASNT is copyrighted by the American Society for Non-Destructive Testing. ASNT, creating a safer world. <laughs>